Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. And welcome, everyone, to Geraldine Tegelove Live. Uh, yes, I'm Geraldine, and I hope you are enjoying a fabulous week wherever you are in this wonderful world. Now, today happens to be the fourth in a series of six shows, all focused on the world of writing and publishing. Yes, I, I believe we all have a book within us somewhere, even though it might be hidden away. <laughs> but for many, the thought of uh, firstly writing that book is one thing, but then actually getting it published can not only be daunting, but absolutely overwhelming. Now, in saying this, it would be such a pity if you left that beautiful book inside you and the world did not get to read what you have to offer you know we all have to remember that we have a unique gift which only we can offer this world and we came to do this this is our purpose in life and if one way of sharing that purpose is through writing and becoming an author and publishing your work, then that's what we need to do. So throughout this series, I'm hoping to assist you in bringing that dream of writing to the surface of your heart and get started on your very own book or whatever written, you know, publications you wish to, to publish. Now, my guest today is a highly successful author. Her name is Angela Council. And as with my guest on last week's show, I am going to be asking Angela to tell us about herself, her fabulous book, which, by the way, happens to be an Amazon bestseller. Woohoo! Well done. Congratulations to Angela. And then I have lots of... Um, Great, uh, maybe not questions, but discussion points to to talk through with Angela. Now, I know her responses will be really helpful. So, everyone, taking notes is allowed. And, you know, I'd really highly suggest you do that, yes, <laughs> because I promise what Angela has to share will help you make uh, far more informed decisions when stepping into uh, writing and publishing. So, without further ado, welcome Angela. Are you there? Uh, hello, Geraldine. How are you? That was a, a big introduction. I've got a lot to live up to there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure you will, Angela. I've had Angela on the show before in, in her naturopath capacity. <laughs> but today it's lovely to have you here, Angela, as a, an author 
and uh, a published author at that. So, um, yes. Angela, would you like to start by um, telling us about your book and, uh, you know, all of that sort of, well, let's hear from you. Okay, well, my book is called Secret Mum's Business and I wrote it now, it's probably three years ago since I wrote it. Um, I launched it in April 2015, so yeah, I was writing in 2014. Um, it, the book, I'm actually, I'll be really honest with you, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a writer, I consider myself a speaker, but the writing the book was a way for me to share my message easily so that it could be consumed by other people. So it's targeting uh, women who run their own businesses and who are mums as well and have that juggle and are always trying to find the perfect work-life balance, which I personally don't think exists. And that's what I wrote <laughs> Secret Mums Business about. It's basically saying, hey, it doesn't exist, but what can we do to make everything work together as we juggle running businesses, being partners, being a mum and making sure that we look after ourselves. So that's what my book is all about. Um, and I've had so much feedback from it that, you know, the, the difference that it's made in people's lives. And, and that was the purpose of it. It was really to make a difference. Um, it wasn't, I never wanted to be JK Rowling and make millions of dollars out of my book, um, but I did want to make a difference and I know that it has made a difference. Oh, Angela, it, it, is just a wonderful book. So yes, I'm sure it makes a difference. And to hear from somebody to that says honestly, you know, there there is no perfect balance. I mean, no. as mums, we all know that there are some weeks when we seem to things seem to flow, and then there are other days, in particular, where everything seems to fall down around us. That's correct. <laughs> And it's nice to know that it's quite normal, that it's okay. So um, it's a fabulous book, everyone, to to connect to. And we're going to find out where we can get this little book uh, uh, later in the show. And, um, and Angela, uh, later in the show too, I'd like to chat with you about um, it becoming an Amazon bestseller and how you went about that and all of that. Mm -hmm. But we'll leave that till a little later in the show. I'd really love to begin now at, at um, a few little questions or discussion points with you about writing. Now, a lot of people I know... Um, and look, this is a unique journey, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Angela. The way you write, uh, as you said, I'm not really a writer. I'm a speaker. Um, and everyone, I guess, has his or her own unique way of writing and how it comes to them. So did you allow your writing to just simply unfold, or did you set it out, you know, plan it chapter by chapter? What sort of a writer are you, Angela? Okay, well, to I'll start with saying I was when I wrote my book, I did it as part of a program that I was doing. So we had a writing challenge. We had a challenge put to us that we had to write thirty thousand words in thirty days. So that was a thousand words a day. You could write more, but minimum a thousand words a day. Um, and that that seems really daunting to start with when you think, my God, a thousand words a day. But honestly. <laughs> It's not. It's only about two pages when you start typing. It's actually yeah. not that long at all. And so but I started with basically um, with what is known as the central question. 
what question am I answering for my audience or my readers? And then I mind map that. And I just put down every single idea that I had um, on a piece of paper. Actually, I did mine on, on software, on a mind mapping tool. I just put down everything that I thought that I might write about, anything that answered this question. And then from there, I grouped them into smaller bits, which then became chapters. And I also, I was also looking for a, like a process that I was going to teach people. It wasn't just about putting a whole pile of information there. It was to follow them through a process. So I actually have a seven step process, um, which is um, healthy, healthy, healthy body, healthy thinking, healthy um, your spirituality. And then we look at the food that you're eating, the lifestyle that you're um, living and all of your relationships and all, and then it centers around you. So I kind of, that's how I grouped all of my, um, all of my information. And then I just started writing and I didn't always write in what was considered to be the chapter order. So I didn't write chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. It was where, however I felt that day, because I kind of had an idea of what was going to be in each um, chapter. I just kind of, if today I felt like writing about food, I wrote about food. And if tomorrow I felt like writing about sleep, I wrote about sleep. So I just wrote about what I felt like at the time, knowing that it would all come together because I'd done this plan out beforehand. And I just dumped everything that I knew about everything, about every topic. I just put it, typed it all in. I didn't even really make sure if it made sense to start with, just typed. And when I type, as I said, I'm more of a speaker than I am a, a writer. So what I do when I write is I speak it in my head. So really the words, and I don't know if everyone else does this, but I, I can hear all the words as I'm saying them in my head and that's what I type down. And it just comes out as if I'm speaking it, which means it's not always well grammared and all of that type of stuff. And then once um, once I kind of done that, I went back and I reviewed it all and tidied it up a bit. And then I um, did the best thing I could ever do, and that was give it to an editor who then made it. Yes, yeah. But Angela, I I love your idea. Look, I mind map everything. I think it's it's a fabulous way to go. I mind map my series for radio. I'm always you know got the mind map out, and I use a an online tool as well to do that. But it at least it gives you something to uh, look at and you can get your ideas out so that if you have more little ideas that pop in, you can use those as well. Um, and, I, and I love the way you have said then I, you know, sent it to an editor. Yes. Um, I, I think, and look, I'm a bit the same as you, Angela. I love speaking too. And as I write, I kind of just write down the thoughts that come into my head. Yes. Um, which, you know, is, is okay too. And then I have to go back and, and think, oh, well, hang on. We, we don't need three dots there joining a That's sentence. Right. We need. <laughs> and I don't need to say that word so many times. Yeah. I, there, there's certain words that we say um, yeah. which don't need to be written down. You know, so words like just and so and things like that, which we might say when we speak, but you don't need to write them down. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to take all those extra words out so, and go, well, you know, because a sentence could have 20 words in it when I say it, but when I write it, it may only have four. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got to take the excess out. 
<laughs> I completely agree. Now, we're going into break right now, Angela. But after the break, uh, we'll certainly get into far more around not just writing, but also publishing. And I know we're going to glean so much wonderful information from Angela in the next however long we have for this radio show. So hang tight, everybody. Hope you've got your notepad and pencil with you or pen to take lots of wonderful notes. So after the break... Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelov will return after this short break. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Even with all the research that's available to us, I still hear women ask if weightlifting will make them masculine. The truth is, rather than causing women to build bigger muscles, weight training generally creates a tighter physique. Doing weights properly and consistently will give you firmer legs, shapelier and sculpted arms, in addition to a flatter abdomen. When I am working with women clients, we always include weightlifting in our fitness program because instead of making them look bigger, we sculpt their body to make them look smaller and tighter. Men, on the other hand, have much more testosterone than women, and when men lift heavy weights, they actually grow larger and stronger. It's been said that women produce one-tenth of the amount of testosterone that men produce, so the effects of weight training are very different. Include weightlifting in your daily exercise and enjoy the results. I'm Annette Hammond. The League of Women Voters reminds you that on Election Day, we are all equal. Please join your friends and neighbors by registering to vote and going to the polls November 8th. Visit www.vote411.org to find out who will be on your ballot and how the voting process works in your community. This election is about our future, and we all need to weigh in. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov. Yes, you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Tegelov Live, and today my beautiful guest is Angela Council who is helping us understand how we can become a published author and maybe really enjoy the process. Often, it just takes the sharing of experiences to give us the courage to step out and do what we know is right and perfect for, you know, for us. And I'm loving the shared experiences of the authors in this series. You know, each has a story to share around the world of writing and publishing. And I'm sure what Angela has to share with us today will really help you negotiate any of those little stumbling blocks that may be on your path. Now, I just want to go back and because there was one thing that I absolutely loved that Angela shared with us in the first segment of today's show and it was that question that she placed in the middle of her mind map. And I'm going to repeat this because, you know, I've written it down. And I think it's just a fabulous question that we all need to ask, not just for our, 
I guess, for the writing of our book, but, but for lots of other things as well. And Angela's question was, what am I trying to answer or what problem am I trying to solve for my readers? And that is the question that we all need to ask, be, you know, before we pick up that paper and pen and start. So now, Angela, I'd love to um, go on from there and and kind of ask you to share your personal experiences in the world of publishing. You know, how did you, what decisions did you make and why did you make those decisions? And are you, anything that you'd like to share with us, please, Angela? Okay. Well, I self-published, so I didn't go through a publishing group. I actually self-published. There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, and at the time, I didn't even realise a lot of the stuff about publishing um, because of the program I was in they led us down the self-publishing um, route and the reason why self-publishing is well it's not necessarily easier but it's a more effective in the short term is because you can do it at your time frame if you want to get signed on by a publishing group quite often those publishers have got their calendar set out 12 months in advance, at least 12 months in advance. So if you approach them with an idea, it could be up to 12 months, if, if they even take your idea up, before anything starts to happen. So doing it on your own, you can publish in your time frame. So my book, from the time I started, I started the writing challenge in October and I had, it, uh, I had a proof copy in March and I had it out to the world in April. So six wow. months from yeah. start to finish. So that's a quick process. Now, I actually did do it a little bit faster than um, other people who are in the <laughs> publishing group with me. But that was also why does that, that <laughs> Why does that not surprise me, Angela? Yeah. Well, I, wasn't, I also wasn't working at the time. So I had a little bit more time. Other people had um, jobs and that they had to go to, so they didn't have quite as much time as me. But... Yeah, there's a little bit of a competitive streak there. Um, so, so, yeah, so self-publishing, you do it to your timetable. You also, you're totally in control. When you're um, with a publishing company, sometimes thing, you don't get your choice on everything because they've got a, a feel and look that they want for their, um, for their books that come out. But I was very, very lucky in that my... Um, book writing mentor was Andrew Griffiths who is a he, basically he's Australia's number one small business author he's got books published all over the world he's been published by some of the biggest publishing companies as well as self-publishing so he had a world of knowledge so doing it with under his guidance we got all the information as if we were in a publishing company because he knows it all but we were able to do it ourselves so that was um, why I self-published. Um, so, reason... so Angela, can I just interject there? Sorry. So um, do you advise people to do a course in, you know, writing and publishing? Do you think that that was really helpful to you? It was for me because I did not know anything about this. I mean, if I probably could have gone and written a book, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near like the book I've got now. Um, there's many, if you go to Amazon, there's many books written and some of them are not very good. <laughs> and, you yes, know, yes. So what the idea of what we were 
we were to produce was something that looked as if it was published by a, a publishing company. It had because I've got a physical print book as well as the ebook on Amazon. It was it had to look like you could put it in a bookstore. And many of the people who did the program with me actually do have their books in bookstores, even though they're self-published. Um, it wasn't a route I decided to go down, but we were to be to produce something that could stand up against anything in 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 retail in the bookstores. So, um, yeah, I think yes. having this group helped also gave accountability because I'm actually trying to write my second book now and I tell you it's really, really tough. I've done it mm. before, so I know the process, but I don't have the accountability. You know, I, and I, look, I'm, I keep going every day. And I agree with you there, Angela. I know um, even thinking back when I was trying to write my the thesis from you know for my study and I had these two beautiful daughters and they took it in turns to ring me every day and it was like you mum have you done you you know 500 to 1000 words and they kept me on track every yep. day and if I didn't have it done I got into big trouble yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think accountability is a big one because as you're writing um, you get to a stage, and generally it's around 20,000 words, and Andrew calls it the kill me now stage, um, that you basically, once you get to 20,000 words, you're totally overwriting. You don't ever want to write another word again, and you just, you're just you ready to give up. <laughs> but when you can get through that between twenty and 25,000 words, you can, you're actually over that hump, and then it all starts to flow again. And it's, it, it's that bit in the middle where people have started to write their books, and that's where they stop. Well, I guess it's a bit like if you wanted to use the metaphor of running a marathon. I mean, you hit the wall at a certain, yep. you know, at however many Ks or miles, whatever you work it in, and and you do hit that hump, don't you? And you think, yep. I have to break through this to keep going. That's right. And it take, I think it takes a very strong will to go to break through that if you don't have other people around. You know, I know some people can do it. Um, but I think you kind of have to pull yourself out of life to do that. And people that go away and, you know, take two weeks to write a book or something like that, but they pull themselves out of their normal life. It's just because mm. doing it whilst you're living a normal life, particularly if you've got kids or, a, you know, a business or anything, can be really, really hard. And when you get to that wall, if you don't have something to keep you going or accountability to keep you going, I think that's where a lot of people stop. And that's why there's lots of people with half-written books around. Yes, yeah, and I'll get back to it. Yes, I will get back to it at some point, yes. uh, but it just doesn't quite happen. No. Yeah, and look, I know myself. It, it takes such um, well, it takes resilience and it takes uh, persi persistence to actually keep going and make sure you finish it. Because yeah. I, I understand, Angela. There are times when you just want to walk away and just leave it and forget about it. <laughs> and, and I think well. also we want it to be perfect at that stage, at the very first stage, we want it to be perfect. And it's accepting that it probably isn't going to be perfect. Um, and if you, if you know, you're going to use an editor, if you've never used an editor before, you don't know how great editors are. So you think you've got to do everything. I spent, I would have spent two weeks trying to work out what to call the chapters I mean, yeah. I, I was just like, what am I going to call each one of these chapters? I've got to come up with something. And I spoke to the editor and um, 
I said, I just don't know what to call the chapters. It's just really stopping me. It's real. I can't go any further until I call the chap call the chapters anything. And she says, Well, how about for now we call it chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> and we might change in the future, but just right now, just to keep you moving, we'll just call it chapter one. <laughs> but, Isn't that okay. great? <laughs> <laughs> because I was so focused, and that's what was going to stop me. And I needed someone to go. Well, look. Just call it chapter one. Yeah. That's all you need to call it. Doesn't need any fancy word. Uh, oh, I love that, Angela. <laughs> so, so apart from your editor, did you have anybody else that you know that you called in, like your team, to help you? Yes, uh, I had a graphic designer to do my cover, and I have to tell you, the hardest part of the entire process was the cover. I went through many, many different iterations of the cover. Um, everything, different things used to come back from the, the graphic designer. They weren't right. They were too cheesy. There was just so many different things because I am not a visual person. So it was very mm. difficult for me to give a description. I would just say what what the book was about and then she would come back to think we, with me with different things. I'm going, ah, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. That's not right. And because it was all about every every image that was coming about was about juggling. And there was this actually, I even had a photo of me taken where I was juggling as well. But that mm -hmm. didn't look right either. And then I had a business coach at the time and I was um, talking through this, uh, talking um, to her through this. And we, um, and I said, it, I really want to bring the yin and the yang symbol into it because I believe this is what it is. This is about harmony. This is what the whole book is about, about marrying them together because when yin and yang is out of balance, we're stressed. And that's kind of was like the core. And mm. so she said, well, why don't we just look at some images? I said, okay, fine. And so we just went online and we just looked at some images and I just put yin and yang. And as we were looking, this image came up which had um, a tree sitting in a pot that had yin and yang, but the um, the stems of each yin and yang actually crossed over and created this big tree and had hearts all over it. And I went, that's it. So we yeah. took that image and we changed it and we put business on one stem, we put life on the other and changed um, the hearts and put some of the different steps. And, and once I got that, that was like, and it was interesting because I took that image of the yin and the yang and I took the one of me juggling and I put it out to um, different places on Facebook to say, what do you like? So can you hold that thought, yes, please, and I'll Angela? Tell you after because, the break, yes, please it. do, um, because this is really great to know and I think this is really good, fabulous information for people to hear. So everyone, I want you to hang tight because if you're going to go into this, this is the information that you need. So straight after the break, we'll have so much more from Angela. Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelove will return after this short break. It's 
you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics. Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Should you invest in home exercise equipment? My answer is yes. I am a big advocate of purchasing good exercise equipment and exercising at home. Working out at a club, rec center, or studio is fabulous also. But I find that people who have exercise equipment at home tend to exercise on a more regular basis. I design home workout gyms for clients, so I'm always keeping up to date with new equipment. But I want you to know that if you don't have the budget to buy a new state-of-the-art piece, you can still purchase used equipment at a great price and get an awesome workout. Garage sales, want ads, and consignment stores are terrific places to pick up used equipment. Some pieces are outdated and not safe to use, but there are others that are wonderful and are great values. Look for good treadmills, stationary bikes, elliptical trainers, and free weights. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelove continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelove. We are back and you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Tegelove Live. And if you have just joined us, this is the fourth show in a series called Publishing 101. And today, my guest is the best-selling author, Angela Council. And Angela is sharing her expertise with us. And what amazing information it is. <laughs> I mean, looking back, Angela, and yes, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Isn't it? I would have given anything to have had other authors just share with me what worked and what didn't. Now, if you would also find this information extremely helpful and like to listen to the complete show for today and heaps of others, you can download them from for free from iTunes. Just search Geraldine Tegelove Live under podcasts, or you can come here to toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T, or you can listen to them and download them from uh, my website at geraldinetegelove.com. And just before the break, Angela was sharing with us, and we need to go back to this, Angela, because this is yes. so important, about your cover and how it just felt right. Uh, do you yes. want to expand on that a bit? Yes. Yeah, so we, I ended up with two covers. One was the one with the yin and the yang that I liked, and then I had the one where I was juggling. And I thought, well, okay, let's just go out to the marketplace and see what they like. So I went to different groups that I was in in Facebook and said, which cover do you like? 
and I also did that on my own Facebook um, page and everything. And the interesting thing was I got a 50-50 split. Half of them liked one and half of them liked the other. I went, oh, now I'm stuck. And then I went, okay, I'm going to look at where I put this and what the differences were in the different groups. Now, I knew that when I looked at my page, so people who are following me and they got what I do, more people liked the yin and the yang one, so the tree one. Right, yeah. Then I, I went and I looked at where I posted the others and where more people liked the um, the juggling one. And I saw that people who weren't already following me and who were really basically just stuck in their life, they liked the juggling. So they were in the problem. Ah, uh, right. were ready for a solution. So when I was looking at it and I said, well, okay, what is my book about? I don't want my book to focus on the problem. Mm. I want my book to focus on the solution, which is why I went with the cover that I went because, one, it was it actually spoke to me more, but also because it provided the solution. But what I did do, I didn't get rid of that other image altogether because then I, when I did publish the book, I created bookmarks and I put the other image on the bookmark. What a fabulous way to go, Angela, and, and how insightful of you to um, to figure that out. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's like, what, if I've got 50-50, what am I going to decide? And that's when I went, okay, so who likes what? And, yeah, and that's what I realised as I looked at that, where people were sitting, and I yeah. knew where I wanted my book to be. I wanted my book to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yes, that's brilliant. And I love the idea of your bookmarks too, which can be used for other forms of marketing as well. So Yeah, so bookmarks are always a great idea if you do publish a book. Bookmarks or postcards, um, but I find bookmarks because people will just slot it into the book and then they might actually use that bookmark in another book and it has my website and um, details on it so that if they want to know more, they've got it on the bookmark because it, it book, kind of gets yeah. used around. So it's always a good idea if you are publishing a book is to get bookmarks done as well. So Angela, you had your uh, editor yep. who helped you to figure out chapter one, chapter two. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had a graphic designer who helped you yes. with your cover. What else did you need to get this book happening? Um, also needed a layout designer. So someone actually had to lay the book out. So there's a specific way that when you look at books, you'll see that they're laid out in a particular way. So I had to get someone to do that and highlight because there were some places I want to highlight. I've got boxes. I've got a few images. So someone had to do that. Um, I got that done through my um, graphic designer because she had someone who worked with her that did that. Mm -hmm. But you need a layout designer. So someone who can actually lay the book out because it's not just a Word document. Having said that, though, if you're just going to Amazon, Amazon has tools that allows you just to put a Word document in and it will convert it for you um, and do the layout. But because mine was a print book first, um, I had to have it laid out properly. Um, and then was my printer. Mm. And so when I go, when, now I, I'm lucky because my nephew is a printer and he prints for all of the major um, publishing companies here in Australia. But there's lots of printing companies um, here in Australia. We've got quite a few. You can go offshore. China has them. Um, if you've got a book that's got lots of images and you want colour, 
Um, generally, it's cheaper to go to China because um, colour print is quite expensive and you can do it cheaper over there. Or you can do what's known as print on demand. Um, Amazon offer it and there's a few other comp companies that offer it where basically you just upload your book and people order it from that company and they print it as people order it. Yes, yeah. It's one at a time. And you, or you can order, you know, you can order two, three hundred yourself through the print on demand company, but basically they just print it as someone wants one. Or yes. Wants so that's a print on demand. It's a little bit more expensive um, because then you've got to add postage on that. And here in Australia, um, well, we are getting Amazon here, but when um, Amazon was just in the States, that was a very expensive, expensive option because of the postage back to Australia. But in America, obviously, it's not an issue because it's all um, in the states. And here in Australia now, yeah. we we are, we'll have um, Amazon printing here in Australia very shortly. So, um, print on demand's a great option if you don't have the money to to pay to get your book printed up front. Yes, yeah. print on demand. And the more when you go to a printer, the more books you you order, the cheaper it is. So, you know, you should be able to get a book printed. My book's 160 pages long, I think, um, for about um, $4 to $5. Uh, yes. That's Australian. So I don't know what that That's here in Australia. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's not that much. When you yeah. think of that as a marketing tool, that's actually not that much. So, And the more you order, I always order in lots of 500, so the price comes down. Yeah. Um, if I only ordered 100, it would be more expensive. But, yeah, so... It's, it's not doesn't cost a lot to print your books. It costs more the first time because you've got to do the setup. So they have to set everything up. It's all on digital print, but they have to set everything up. And then they give you a proof copy for you to read and correct any mistakes, and then it goes to print. And and I, I often think, too, um, you know, the print-on-demand, it just saves you having – because uh, we certainly don't want to get into an, any sort of negative zone around our book or it being published or whatever or, you know, getting it out there. Um, it's wonderful because once upon a time, as Angela was saying, you would have had to have had a whole heap of boxes of books in your garage or your spare room. And every time you look at them, you'd think, my goodness, how on earth am I going to get this money back on what I've spent? So... Uh, the print-on-demand is a wonderful way to go. It is, yeah, um, it is. Yeah. And it's also so great. I have the bo boxes of books sitting in my Yeah, house. Uh, well, I have too, <laughs> Angela. But, you know, it, and it also depends. I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I know for me, I use my books wherever I speak. And I take yes. my book, you know, when I'm doing workshops and everything. And so I am constantly need those copies to... Mm -hmm. uh, to sell to people or give to people or whatever I'm, you know, if I'm using them as part of a, a course or a workshop, then I need to have them there. But if you're, if you're not looking at your book in to do that, then, you know, the print on demand is a wonderful way to go. Um, and Angela, I guess, uh, would you like to also share with people, you know, as a self publisher, you, there are a few other little details that you must have when you uh, publish your book. The you know yes. like the ISBN uh, number. Yes. Every book must have an ISBN number, and even if you have a hard copy book and a e, e book, 
each version must have its own ISBN number. So you need to go and buy ISBN numbers. And normally you buy them in lots of five or 10. Um, and every time, if you do any significant changes to your book and you say put out a second edition, it's got to have a new ISBN number. So the ISBN number is just a tracking number so that it's like a big database where every single book is on it and every book has to have one. And also if you're going to do a print book, you need a barcode. Um, which goes on the back of your book as well. And you buy them from the same place that you buy your ISBN numbers. Now, I get mine through Bowker's here in Australia. Um, I'm not too sure where you get them around the world in the US. I don't know, Bowker's might be over there as well. Um, but yeah, so you must have an ISBN number on it. And these and are all very simple processes. You oh, know, totally, we, yeah. We don't want people getting overwhelmed with this because no. it's just a, a simple little thing and it doesn't cost a great deal. And No, it doesn't. And you just basically go to a website and they sell you, as I said, five ISBNs and they sell you a barcode and that's kind of a package. So you get all of that. And if you need more, you just go back, back to them and buy more. So it's yeah. pretty simple. You can do it within minutes. It's not a big deal, but you just need to know that you must have an ISBN number on it um, if you're going to sell it. Amazon won't yes. let you put the book on there without one and you can't sell it without uh, an ISBN number. Yeah, and look, it's, once again, you don't have to really worry about it. You just, uh, you get them as JPEG files or whatever yep. sort of files, PNG files, and you just send them off to your graphic designer and, yeah, he or she will add those to the the back cover of your book. So, you know, it's quite a, a simple thing to do, but an absolute must in publishing a book and having it out there in the big wide world. Now, Angela, very shortly we're coming. I don't know where the time runs away to, but it does. <laughs> it just seems to disappear. Um, and we're getting into this, you know, such wonderful information you're sharing with people. And it and these are all essential things, everyone. Um, after the break, though, Angela, I'd love to have you just chat a little bit about um, what you need to look for in a self-publishing company. And I'd also love to hear a little bit about how you went about marketing your product through Amazon, mm -hmm. because that's always yep. a big thing for people. Well, I've written the book. What do I do with it now? So uh, it'd be great to hear about that. So everyone, don't go away because Angela still has so much to share with you around the world of publishing. And you have to admit, this is great information, information that we all need. Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelove will return after this short break. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. 
For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Researchers at Binghamton University's Department of Psychology in England believe that if you use a period while texting, it makes you appear less sincere. Hey, autocorrect alone makes my texts look like they came from a goostrum noodle. The study goes on to say that using a period in a text conversation is an act of psychological warfare. Hyperbole, maybe, but we get the point. The same research also found that exclamation marks are more friendly and sincere than no punctuation at all. Tuck Tuck Mobile states that you should always match a kiss for a kiss when texting significant others as well. Fewer or more digital kisses compared to your partner can be construed as a brush-off. Would someone who is distracted by their phone while driving be considered intexticated? I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Teglov. We are back, everyone, and you are listening to Geraldine and my guest, Angela Council, and we're talking writing and publishing today. Uh, It is really great to listen to how others have taken that huge step in writing their book and then finding finding a way, I guess, of sharing it with others. And and I know this is really a unique journey for each of us, but I guarantee you, you'll find so many little gems from what others have experienced. And these little gems will just feel right for you. And we are in our last segment for today's show. And before we finish this show today, I would really love for Angela to share with you a little bit about how she went about marketing things because, you know, marketing is such a big thing and we really need to know about this. So, Angela, how did you set, you know, how did you get your book out there? Okay, so I'm just going to take a little bit step back and say the reason why I wrote a book was to position me and my products So the book is actually a marketing tool in itself. And you market a book the same way as you'd market anything else that you do. But the way I um, market a book, and there's there's another fantastic book out, which um, I haven't read a lot of it because it's massive, but it's called A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Book. Fantastic book. Fabulous, yes. (laughs) It's um, written by some guy over in the States. And some of the stuff is old where they're still talking about fax machines and things like that, but there's so many fantastic ideas on how you can market your book. But the main thing that I did when I very first um, put it out, I didn't do a major launch. I did I did launch. I launched to a group of um, a networking group that I was part of, which was um, very close to me. So I actually launched there because um, – I didn't want to have a massive, great big um, launch. It just didn't feel right for me. But lots of people do. But for me, it was I was going to keep it relatively small and um, 
intimate. But and at that launch, everybody got free copies. Now, I tend to give a lot of copies of books away. So I, I have sent my books to different um, people. If I want to be on podcast shows or I want to be interviewed or within the media, I send copies of my book. Um, if I'm ever talking to people, quite often I have books with me in the car. And if I'm talking to people and something comes up in conversation, I'll just give them a copy of my book. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a networking group um, and I happened to have a copy of my book and someone was uh, someone was introducing themselves and they were new to the group and she was saying how she was, she was struggling to run her business and be a mum and she just didn't know how... It was all going to come together. And I just kind of felt for her and I just walked over and said, here's a gift. And I gifted her my book. Now, by giving that book away, people say, well, you know, why are you giving that away? I get so many opportunities that come back to me based on me giving that book away. People come back and they want me to speak or they talk to me about my programs or they go to my website, they get on my database, they learn more. So, I tend to use the book for me more as a marketing tool. So rather than marketing the book as a separate product, it is on my website and people can buy it. I tend to use it as a marketing tool. Does that make sense? It certainly does, Angela. And look, so many people will tell you that a a book is really the best uh, business card that you could ever possibly have. And to give that out is amazing. And I totally agree with you, Angela. I do that all the time too and just hand them out. And, you know, if we go back to metaphysical law, it's just, it's the law. If what you give out, you will get back. You get back in. That's right. And it's amazing the number of people who've said to me, why do you give your book away? You're not going to make a lot of money. And it's like, but I actually... I, I will. I'll, I'm not about making a lot of money anyway. You know, I, I make enough money, but by giving the book out, I will. The, it will come back to me in some way. I totally believe it's going to come back to me. And whether or not it comes back as dollars or it comes back as energy, doesn't matter. And yes. I wrote this book to solve a problem. And if I can see a situation where this book can solve a problem, I would much rather gift that to someone than say, well, hey, you can come and buy this solution off me for 20 bucks. Because really, what's $20? And let's face it, Angela, <clears throat> in practical terms, uh, you might make, oh, well, if, you might make $15 on selling a book to somebody. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> but compare that to if giving that book and they f- get in touch with you and say, can you please come and speak to our, you know, and we'll pay you $500? I mean, really, right. do you have to think about that? No. That's, that's what we look at. It's like, what and what difference is it? As I said, I wrote a book to make a difference. I wrote a book to yes. solve a problem. And I think if we go in with that energy, that it comes back to you anyway, as opposed to I'm going to write a book to make a million dollars. To yes. be honest, there's only one J.K. Rowling in the world. There's yeah. People don't make a lot of money. Very few people make a lot of money writing mm. from the actual and, and, act of writing. Very few yeah. people do it. But you can I make think, money from writing by sharing. Yeah. The, one of the great things it does give you, Angela, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that credibility. So yep. when you have that book and you go and speak somewhere or you're running a workshop and you can say, 
you'll find this in my book and it is explained yep. in greater detail that gives you enormous credibility so you know that's yeah, a, a right at the beginning you said it's been an amazon number one bestseller do you know how much credibility that gives you and do you want me to tell you how easy it is to become an amazon number one bestseller it is so easy it's just and, so easy it's just words so how did you go about that angela okay so when you put your book up on amazon you can go into what is called the Kindle Direct Publishing Program. And in that program, basically, once you put your book up there, Amazon is fantastic because it will market your book for you. It will send emails out to people who have got, who've got an interest in your topic because you put it into different categories. And it says, hey, guess what? This book's just been published. And so Amazon does all of your marketing for you. Now, you, there's two. One, there's a couple of things you can do. When you're in the KDP program, you actually have the opportunity for five days over a 90-day period to drop the price of your book to nothing, to bring it down to zero. Right. And mm -hmm. then you can market it and get as many people as you want to download it. Or you just drop your price down. I think the minimum price you can go down to is 99 cents. So you drop your price down to 99 cents and you go and tell everybody to buy your book at 99 cents. Now, bestseller category comes when you have the most number of downloads in a 24-hour period in a particular um, category. Now, you can put your, your book into a category that, does, that isn't very popular, doesn't have a lot of books into it, so it's quite easy to get to number one because you'll have the most downloads because no one else is doing rocket scientists this week. Yes. Um, or, or you just market it really, really a lot. You know, tell everybody in 24 hours, my book's going to be on Amazon. It's only going to be 99 cents. Go and get your copy. And you just sit there and you watch it and you'll see it and they actually have best. So no one actually tells you that you've got yes. best. So you don't get an email that says, hoo, hoo, you've got to, you actually just watch it. And you watch yeah. the bestseller list and you can actually watch your book climb up the bestseller list until it gets to number one. Yeah, yeah. And that's really as simple as it is. But do you know how much credibility yes. you get from saying that? And Because Amazon doesn't care because all Amazon wants is people on Amazon because once they've got you on Amazon, they'll sell you more. So that's yes. all Amazon. They're only, they only care about selling. They don't yes. care about this, this. They know that this bestseller stuff really doesn't mean much. But to the rest of the world, it does mean something. It gives you credibility. It means that in 24, you know, they don't even know that it means within a 24-hour period that you sold the most number of books in that category. And isn't that a, a, a simple and easy way to go? And as Angela is saying, the credibility that it gives you is way, way so good. <laughs> That's right. And um, then what you do is you get people to give you reviews on Amazon because that also... Um, that, that counts for a lot. So Amazon likes to see good reviews. So they want to see lots of good reviews because that makes Amazon feel good. And then when you've got lots of reviews, you'll get more people that want to buy from you. So mm -hmm. it's really about, yeah, that focused marketing for a short period of time to push your numbers up and then getting those people to give you a review Phew. once they've yeah. read it. Wow, that is fabulous, Angela. So <clears throat> we're coming into the close of today's show ever so quickly, Angela, but 
uh, before we finish, um, and I, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You've given us so much to think about. And, and if you need to come back, everyone, and re-listen to this, then do that. Because, you know, this information is worth gold. And if you're thinking about writing and publishing, you'll want every little bit of what Angela has shared with us today. And and you will be sitting there feeling mm, so famous and so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> and, and sharing your gift with the world. And that's the bottom line. That's the important part. So, Angela, where can we find you very quickly? I think we've got about a minute to do this. Um, at Angela Council, A-N-G-E-L-A-C-O-U-N-S-E-L dot com. And my book's over there. You can find it all over there. Fantastic. So Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Council is C-O-U-N-S-E-L dot com. And I really advise you to go and have a look and see all about Angela. She's got such wonderful things to share. And uh, as I said, I really want to thank you, Angela, for sharing everything that you have with us today. It's been a pleasure. Go out there, write your book, make a difference in the world. There's someone that needs your message. There certainly is, and I'm so pleased you've said that, Angela, because it's true. There is someone out there who's waiting for you to bring your message, and only you can do that. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, no one else can do it for you. And you, and as I'm sure all the authors have shared with you, and myself included, that there are people out there willing to help you. You don't have to do this on your own, and there are so many people who can give you advice and assistance with this. It's not a difficult task. Okay, so don't forget you can come back here to Toginet or go to um, iTunes and get these podcasts. But in the meantime, I just want to wish you a million blessings of happiness and love and peace and health. And don't forget, start writing today. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Geraldine will be back next week with more life-changing ideas to share. In the meantime, you can visit her at www.geraldinetegelove.com to check out her fabulous new products and her workshops. Remember that all Geraldine's radio shows are available on iTunes for charge. So why not 